98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Weekly Blast. J.J. Watt has a gift. He's a true blue NFL superstar with the ability to walk and talk just like the common guy. He is like Joe Sixpack, even though his six-pack is above his belt line and not chilling in the fridge. And for the second time in as many months, J.J. Watt has posted a video about Kyler Murray. Yesterday, it was a peek inside the Cardinals' training facility where Murray was apparently lifting weights. And the obvious message, nothing to see here. Nothing amiss with our franchise quarterback. Now, I admit it's reassuring to see Murray working out at Team Headquarters. It's reassuring to see Watt emerging as Captain Arizona, the defender of all things in Birdland. With Larry Fitzgerald gone, they need that kind of presence. But twice, Watt has used that platform to troll the media and fans who have every right to be confused about what is happening with their star quarterback. After all, it wasn't the media who issued an angry all-cap statement. It wasn't the media questioning the Cardinals' commitment to winning. It was the agent who is employed by Kyler Murray. So yeah, we'd like to believe there is nothing to see here. And I'd like to believe that J.J. Watt is going to be a bridge for Cardinals fans and for a more mature Murray. But all this but, but, but drama that Watt seemed to ridicule, remember, the Cardinals created that, not us. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury affordable with two great locations and one great experience. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. I just tried to FaceTime Kyler. He didn't answer. What does it mean? Are we still friends? Does he still follow me on social? Maybe it's just at dinner. That was uh, the first offering back on February 11th on J.J. Watt's social media. Uh, that's when everything started to, for lack of a better term, hit the fan in terms of public perception of Kyler Murray and his relationship with the Arizona Cardinals. And as you mentioned in the blast yesterday, a uh, much more brief message, but the visuals really told the story. But here was the audio of it. Oh, wait. i got to play this again. But, 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 but. Of course, yeah. referencing that, hey, Kyler Murray's here in the facility. Right. Lifting weights. Right. And, and so, listen, it, and I get why he's doing that, because it's it's helping build some solidarity, and it's it's helping the Cardinals repair um, what might have been damaged in all of this. And I get that. And, and J.J. Watt is a perfect guy. Sure. But there's a, like, as we discussed, there's a fine line there. Because as he did with that Instagram, when Kyler Murray scrubbed his Instagram account, no matter what he says now, clearly he did that to send a message. Because if the agent had never done anything and Kyler Murray just scrubbed his social media and then put it back, okay, I'll believe you now. Mm-hmm. But not not with what we know in hindsight. And not what. And so it's just it it. I don't know about you, but but I think they risk people feeling insulted because you're treating them like idiots. But it's also. You know, in, in, in respect to J.J. Watt putting that out there, and yeah, I, I said it earlier, and I still don't get the whole, you know, thumbing of the nose to the media and the fan base that yeah. is concerned by this, but it's very much one thing to be, uh, you know, at the team facility lifting weights on March 29th than it is to report reporting for training camp yeah. in, in right. late July. But they're really, truly trying to get a, 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 the point across, it's nothing personal, it's just business. Okay. 
And that's Which if why I had a dollar for every time I've heard that, I could start my own business. But that's why they're they're totally trying to separate Kyler Murray from his agent. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray saying the Instagram thing had nothing to do with it. I'm, I want to be a cardinal. I'm not I worried about my take future. Take care of that. Yeah. And then at the same time, on the same timeline, the agent releasing the all cap statement and two passive aggressive quote tweets yeah. to other signings. And and the first time he the first time that that statement came out was just a couple of days after Michael Bidwell came on this radio show. It was saying, the next day. Yeah, the next. Day, I just talked to Kyler Murray. And everything is cool. Copacetic was the word that kept floating around. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's any number of things at play here. I, you brought up the idea that maybe Kyler Murray and his agent have had sort of a a, a, a turnabout here and realized, okay, well, you know what? These salaries from Aaron Rodgers to Deshaun Watson, they're in the stratosphere now. So maybe 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 we need to play this game a little wiser. It could be the Cardinals have given them assurances that, yeah, look, let us get free through free agency. Let us get through the draft, and we will, in good faith, try to arrive at a number. Which is more in line with how this historically happens yes. for quarterbacks. Yes. Again, we're in late March, and we're still way ahead of usually the timetable for fourth-year quarterbacks that are contract extension eligible mm-hmm. getting those deals done. Yeah. It normally happens months from now, if it happens. Right. Yeah, listen, and so so to me, it's there's a there's a lot of things that that Cardinals fans and we in the media have seen that don't match up with what they are telling us, and hence the alternative reality that we were speaking about earlier. And and that's all well and good, but not when you you know it's just it's not all well and good. Let me strike that from the record. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is it gets very frustrating as a football fan trying to, to understand exactly what is happening here. And if you're a Cardinal fan and you're thinking about buying season tickets, these are fair questions. Who's our quarterback? What's our plan? Cliff Kingsbury was again asked in Florida about what are you doing to prevent these late season collapses? His response, we're working on it. Well, I hope so. <laughs> and, and, and then he spoke about how I need to do a better job of tactically scheming things and all. And, and, which which is what he said in the past. Which is what he said in the past, and which is all very true. And yet then you get people on the Cardinals, associated with the Cardinals, talking about what a phenomenal job he's done. So it's the alternative reality that drives people nuts. At least me. <laughs> And you're not alone in that. I know I'm not alone. Not everybody's I, in that group. I've heard from a lot. No, I know that. Uh, but I'm I'm more in that group than I am the other group. That that's for sure. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm more firmly in the alternate reality group than mm-hmm. I am the everything's copacetic group. Have you subscribed to the Bickley and Murata podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. You'll never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata podcast, brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get the most money selling your home for cash. Go to highestprice.com. That's highestprice.com. The league meetings are going on in Palm Beach. Actually, they've concluded, but lots of talk from around the league yesterday on a number of different subjects. We'll fill you in on some of those next. Bickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. Bothers me that we haven't been able to win a playoff game. In the last three years, if it takes if it takes a few years for the team to to be you know in true contention, or do you expect that to happen as I, soon as this year? Uh, I expect it to happen as soon as this year. That is Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots. 
Bick, he's bothered that the Patriots haven't won a playoff <laughs> game know. in three years. Wah. Wah. I, Wah. Feel, I feel horrible for yeah. Robert Kraft. Uh-huh. Like the, uh-huh. the man needs a hug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the patience no. that he's shown. <laughs> uh, you know, it's right. It was it was it was like when when was it Kendrick Perkins? No, it was Charles Oakley when he said LeBron needs to win more championships. What? No, he doesn't. <laughs> We're all good. Yeah, needs. There's a lot of people around the NFL that believe that. Uh, yeah, you have a run of 20 years of yeah. success in a in a sport that is designed against 20 years of sustained success. Right. You've had a good run. Yeah, they made the playoffs two of those three years too. It's not like they did. Yes, they did. Yeah. And yeah, they're still a uh, you know they're still a competitive team. Or or and on top of that, you were able to pair the greatest coach in football history with the greatest winning quarterback of all time. How lucky do you need to get? Yeah. yeah. That would be like the Indianapolis Colts complaining about their quarterback position when they went from Peyton Manning to Andrew mm-hmm. Luck back in the day. The same thing. Uh Elsewhere around the league yesterday, one of the big names changing addresses this offseason, Devontae Adams, traded to the Las Vegas Raiders, got a massive deal um, to uh, to sign with the uh, Raiders. Uh, Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers at the owners' meetings or the NFL meetings yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, gave his reaction to that deal. Those decisions are never easy to, to make, and unfortunately it was one that, you know, we had to come to. I think a lot of it was driven by, by Devontae, I would tell you. Um, but, you know, there's no sense in looking back on it. It's just we're moving forward. So, And, and we, we appreciate everything he's done, obviously. It's it's a lot to replace in terms of the production and, and the type of leader that he was for us. But, again, it was just one of those those deals that you never want to make, but unfortunately sometimes you have to, to make. All right, they're moving forward. Will the Packers move forward include drafting a wide receiver? Because they also lost Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, he signed with the, the Kansas City Chiefs. So their wide receiver core is not exactly uh, striking fear into the hearts of opponents right now. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, Jawan Winfrey, Malik Taylor, Rico Gafford, Chris Blair are on the roster right now. One of the criticisms of Green Bay uh, that Aaron Rodgers had seemingly was, hey, give me some weapons to work with. And that's mm-hmm. when they had Devontae Adams. Yeah, right. Uh, will they uh, be drafting a wide receiver? And if they don't, <laughs> what will be the reaction from Packers fans? Well, and again, it's Aaron Rodgers has admitted that he saw this coming that he knew Devontae Adams was piecing out of Green Bay. And and I think really that's what it was about. I I don't think this was a statement against Aaron Rodgers per se. I think Green Bay is not for everybody. Green Bay is very cold and it's a very small town. And everywhere you go, there are just Packers fans everywhere. But shouldn't that be... I get that. And Mm -hmm. I'm not questioning that at Mm -hmm. all as somebody who's never stepped foot in Green Bay, Wisconsin. But when you consider the amount of success that you had there the amount of money you could still make there, mm-hmm. and the fact that you're playing with arguably the most talented quarterback still in the league, don't you think it would be a tougher decision than it appeared to be that's, for, for Devontae that, yeah, Adams? That's why I think it was all lifestyle, where he wanted to live kind of thing, because if if, if it weren't that strong, I don't think, I, I think the idea of staying with Aaron Rodgers would have been a little more compelling, personally. But that's just me, and and I think that 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 makes the Aaron Rodgers decision even more curious because the Broncos were sitting there going, "Hey, we're here," Mm -hmm. and then they pivoted to Russell Wilson, and and 
I, I think they're going to be happy that they did. I think they're going to get more. They're going to get more years out of Russell Wilson than Aaron Rodgers would have given him. I agree. I mean, Russell Wilson's on record. He wants to play ten or twelve more years. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, yeah. Russell Wilson. It, it wasn't just J.J. Watt putting out videos yesterday. Russell Wilson. There was a, a workout video of him throwing passes to Jerry Judy, and it was almost dark outside. They were practicing in in near darkness, and Russell Wilson threw a just a a, a wicked pass. And it, it's a good looking video, but again, it's a, you see football players doing this a lot now. Because they're putting time in, they're working, they feel strong, they feel healthy, and they want to share it with everybody. Well, yes, but I, I think that's also fascinating considering what we talked to Mark Schlereth about yesterday. And his viewpoint from you know being a former Bronco working in Denver and having all those connections was you know, the Broncos thought they had been working hard enough. And then a guy right. like Russell Wilson comes in and, and changes the, 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 the bar, if you will. Raises the bar on what is expected of teammates... To be great. Is anything guaranteed? No. Um, again, that division is just I was beyond loaded. I wasn't just blown away by that story about Russ, what Russell Wilson would do from the minute he gets on a plane or after a football game on a Sunday to when he gets in front of the team on Wednesday. If you didn't hear, Mark Schlereth said he puts together a 15-page report after watching his own team play twice mm-hmm. and then watching the opponent play. He puts together his own scouting report he wants to go over with. Before they even get to practice on Wednesday. Before they even get to practice on Wednesday. And then he'll throw trick questions in there to make sure people are paying attention to what he circulates. And I was even more impressed that you knew the mascot of the 49ers. Sourdough Sam. Sourdough Sam. That was not more impressive. So, it, no, right. But but again, that's, that's a level of stuff that Kyler Murray's not doing that. And I'm not trying to throw shade on Kyler Murray here, but I'm just saying that's a level of of commitment uh, that Russell Wilson brings that not only do you have to know it to to realize it's happening, that it was cumbersome on some people in that organization. Like, Russell, uh, come on, let me prepare my way. Yes, but it's also, here's here's where this is going to go. Not only is this Russell Wilson going to a new organization for the first time in his pro career and raising the bar on expectations for preparation on a week-to-week basis for the Denver Broncos, you're right, there was fatigue in the Seattle Seahawks organization. They're going to see the other side of that now, and I don't think it will take very long for the Seattle Seahawks organization slash fan base to Mm -hmm. really miss Russell Wilson and the way he prepared. Mm -hmm. And for you to bring it back to, to Kyler Murray and compare... Hey, I mean, if that's the bar of preparation in the NFL mm-hmm. and Kyler Murray himself in December put out a quote to the New York Times, yeah, I don't kill myself watching film. Think he's watching his games twice? No. Think he's breaking down his opponent? No. Think he's preparing 15 pages of, of, of notes? No. And and I think the, the point is when you get to that level, that's what the elite of the elite do. Mm-hmm. It's There's a reason why Tom Brady is so good at pre-snap reads. There's a reason why Peyton Manning was. They put a, a ton of time into it. It isn't just making plays. And again, Kyler Murray grew up and, and experienced the ultimate in success by doing by that through athleticism. And on, at some point in time, it it it, tra- it actually translates to the NFL because he's so elusive. But at, at, at other points in time, there's got to be growth in those traditional ways. Well, there when, has to be. When you get to, and not specifically to Kyler Murray, but when you get to the pro level where everybody is coming from a background where they were the man on their team, right. to varying degrees, admittedly, but no, that's true. they were the man. 
it's not talent that separates you anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it's work. It's, it's work ethic. Yeah, it really is. It really, really it's finding an edge that somebody else does not have, mm-hmm. and it's it that's never more indicative than the quarterbacks who put in the time, and then the whole game why opens up in front of them. I uh, to me going into last season when Kyler Murray said during the preseason that I see everything now, I was so comforted by that, and then the Cardinals got off to the ten and two start. And and like, that's, he sees everything. Yeah, he's, he well, he really does see everything, and and I it, that's clearly not the case. So I I think that there's some heavy lifting here to do with this young man in terms of of really taking what he does exceptionally well and putting him in a in a lane of growth for himself and the team. Your last shot to participate in the madness is here. Text Bucks to six twenty six twenty. Choose from the last four teams for your chance to win 500 bucks. That's Bucks, B-U-C-K-S, to 620-620. It's the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks, presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Coming up next, our weekly visit with the legendary voice of the Phoenix Suns, Al McCoy, Al about the Suns, straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios, here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Ball drives in underneath, lobs it, DA's there, whammo time! Al, about the Suns. Hall of Famer Suns broadcaster Al McCoy calls in to talk Suns with Bickley and Murata. Suns win! The Suns win! Al, about the Suns. Driven by Sanderson Ford. Yeah, every Wednesday morning we get the pleasure of welcoming the Hall of Fame legendary voice of the Phoenix Suns, Al McCoy, to the show. It's Al about the Suns, and it happens right now. Good morning, Al. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm doing great. Um, have you noticed, like we have, uh, and, and big picture, this doesn't mean a ton because the goal remains the same for the Phoenix Suns, and that's to win a championship. But have you noticed, like we have, Al, that maybe in the last week or so there's been an increase in the amount of national respect paid to the Phoenix Suns? <laughs> Excuse me, I'm chuckling. Uh, yes, <laughs> no question about it. The rest of the world finally has awakened and with some great games uh, by Devin Booker and with the Suns continuing to win, uh, you're right. There has been a lot more nationwide uh, comments, remarks about uh, the Phoenix Suns, definitely. Al, when you take a look, I did not know this, but if the Suns win the remaining five road games, they're going to finish with the best road record in NBA history. And this victory total on the season, they're starting to get up into historic level, aren't they? Well, they really are. And it's been that kind of a year. And I think uh, the amazing thing probably for everyone is the fact that last year when the Suns, I guess, surprised everybody and went all the way to the NBA Finals before losing to Milwaukee, uh, everybody thought that was a surprise and maybe just one of those things. But when the Suns came back as strong as they have this season, uh, it's turned some heads. And now, as, as you mentioned, Vic, these uh, so-called records are starting to fall by the wayside for the Suns team, definitely. Al McCoy, the uh, voice of the Suns, our weekly guest on Wednesday mornings here on uh, Bickley and Murata mornings. Um, in terms of you know pursuit of franchise records, tonight they could tie that record, as you know, 62 wins in a season. They've accomplished that twice before. Um, in your memory, Al, how does this team stack up against those other two teams that won 62 games? The 93 team well, and, and, of course, the team, yes. the, the Steve Nash team in 04-05. Well, this, this team is unique. There's just no question about it. Uh, the other teams uh, had their standout performers, 
But this has been a unique uh, Phoenix Suns team this year. We've talked about it a great deal, the fact that so many players contribute. The depth on this uh, team is unbelievable. The way they play the game, uh, this is a very unique and an amazing Phoenix Suns basketball team, and uh, they, they're having a great year, no question about it. Al, I, I actually, we were thinking about you earlier today because Vinny and I were just uh, appalled that the Lakers were a national, nationally <laughs> broadcast game last night with the Mavericks. There was a great game going on between the Bucks and the 76ers, and yet there are the god-awful Lakers on my television screen again. I thought exactly the same thing, and I just turned over to Perry Mason. <laughs> That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. I mean, it, it, it was unbelievable. It is. I mean, they keep throwing the Lakers at us on national TV, and who wants to see them? I, I, don't, I don't even think the people in L.A. want to see them. <laughs> I don't know. It's I crazy. think you're right. I'll tell you, you know, looking ahead, of course, we have the game tonight at Golden State, and this is certainly one the Suns should uh, be able to take uh, pretty easily. But I'm looking forward to the Friday game because this Memphis team almost is kind of like the Suns were last year. Uh-huh. They're surprising everybody with their play. Uh, they keep winning, and they're the number two team in the West right now, Memphis. Uh, Al McCoy, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, about Memphis and the rest of the Western Conference, I'm with you. Memphis is really dialed in right now. They're playing great basketball, and there are similarities. I look at them, though, Al, going into the postseason, and the thing that they're lacking that the Suns had last year was more of that experienced veteran playoff experience. Uh, but uh, you know, when you, when you look past Memphis, are there other teams in the West that, that give you pause or give you a little bit of worry if, if they were a potential matchup for the Suns? Well, you know, not really, because the Suns have played so well. They've defeated everybody. Uh, But, you know, it's that same old song and dance. When you get into the playoffs, uh, games are officiated differently. Uh, Things can happen. Uh, You know, injuries could pop up. Uh, So it's hard to predict when you get into playoff situations. Uh, But, you know, as I said, the Suns have defeated every team in the NBA, and uh, there's not going to be any surprises. But, this Memphis team is kind of filling that role the Suns had last year. They're winning all these games without Jay Morant, their leading scorer. So that Friday night matchup down yeah. in uh, Memphis will be interesting, no question about it. Yeah, where would you go if if you were the the coach or GM of this team and Chris Paul would came to you and said, listen, I, I, I need to get my rhythm back. We need to go full blast to the end of the season. At what point in time do you think it would be wise for the Suns to maybe pull back the reins a little bit, or would it be? Well, you know, I don't think Bonnie Williams is the type of coach that really likes to do that. I think a lot of it will be left to individual players, and I think we could see maybe limited playing time in minutes, uh, but I think we're going to see the Suns uh, continue to play their game, and uh, they want to be sharp when the playoffs start, and I think that's going to be the, the main thing on their mind is staying sharp, and you have to have playing time to do that. Talking with Al McCoy, Al about the Suns here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, Bick and I were talking earlier this week, Al, too, about, and I've watched this team for a long time. I've not seen nearly as much as you have during the history of this, 50 years behind the mic for you, but I think this might be the first time, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, please. Uh, I think this might be the first time in the history of the Phoenix Suns that going into the playoffs, 
the feeling of championship or bust uh, is, is really, really prevalent. I, I think anything less than the Suns winning the whole thing this year would be a disappointment considering how they have conducted themselves through the season. Do you agree that this is kind of the first time that the, the, this franchise has been in that position? Well, I think you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, the fact that it's been such a great regular season, uh, the fans have been on top of it all year and anticipating only a championship uh, that that's still uh, uppermost on the minds of every fan. I don't think there's any question about that. So I think what you're saying, nothing less would would be a, a disappointment. Yeah. Uh, and uh, everybody's looking forward to the playoffs now. Wrap up this regular season yeah. and let's get moving. No doubt about that. Um, yeah, and I heard a lot of people go, oh, wouldn't it be awesome to, to play the Celtics in the NBA Finals on Al's 50th anniversary with the Suns? And, and, and I thought about that. Yeah, there'd be some poetic justice to that, but there's also... There's going to be the pressure of expectations, as you guys just talked about. Yet, it doesn't feel to me like this group of guys seems to be vulnerable to that kind of pressure. Your thoughts on that? You've you've seen pressure affect basketball teams many times in the past. What do you think that's going to feel like with this team? Well, I'll answer that first of all, saying I've thought about that same thing. It could be Boston in the East and the Suns. Yeah. And what uh, what a matchup that would be going back to the Suns' first time in Boston that we won't get into. But uh, uh, it's a, a situation where uh, I think the Suns are sharp. I think they're going to continue to be that way. I think they're going to be on top of their game uh, going into the playoffs, and that's really all you can ask. They're certainly playing with a great deal of confidence right now, and that's very important. And I guess the bottom line is, and I think we probably all feel the same way, can any of these teams defeat the Suns in seven games? Yeah. That's what it takes in the playoffs. Uh, I don't know. I think that would be a tough job for any team that I've seen this year to defeat the Suns in seven. Al, great stuff as always. Uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Okay, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Legend. Al McCoy, Al About the Suns, the legendary Hall of Fame voice of the Suns joins us every Wednesday morning. Uh, it is your, uh, I, I want to remind you, ASU baseball is in full swing. Uh, head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win tickets to see the Sun Devils take on Cal on the Diamond this weekend. The Wednesday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings continues next, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. That's a funny question. Um, I don't I thought about it at all yet. I'm sitting here at Breakers Hotel and um, just having breakfast with you guys. We, we haven't done a roster yet. Probably will never announce a starter because I don't think I ever have. Um, ever. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, on his quarterback position. It came up yesterday in discussion during breakfast at the mm-hmm. Breakers Hotel in Palm Beach at the NFL meetings. But he doesn't have an answer. We know Kyle Shanahan doesn't like to give uh, concrete answers on personnel matters anyway. Uh, but there is still a lot of mystery concerning the 49ers and their quarterback position, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo moving forward, whether they'll move on from Jimmy Garoppolo via trade or release. Mm-hmm. Is Trey Lance ready to go to be the starter in San Francisco? So yeah. Arizona's not the only team in the division that's got some questions about their, their quarterback position. Yeah. Much different questions, yeah. but they're there. Well, it's it's interesting to me because you wonder if, if indeed the 49ers are really actually believing what they're saying. and Because Wolf pointed this out yesterday, and it's a point worth examining, that 
if if it's clear to everybody in the locker room that Jimmy Garoppolo is the better quarterback than Trey Lance, and I and I can't imagine how anybody on that team wouldn't feel that way, because Jimmy Garoppolo is a very good teammate by all accounts. Guys really like him, um, and and so there's that. So you, you want to see justice served, and you want your best chance to win. And yet, if you're the Forty ers you're going into year three now of Trey Lance, two rookie last yeah, year. Yeah. Year two of Trey Lance, and at some point in time, you've got to justify what you did as an organization to move all the way up in the draft to get him. For seemingly no reason. For seemingly no reason. <laughs> exactly. So so there's that. So Wolf's point was Jimmy Garoppolo has to be removed because if not, there's going to be a credibility issue sure. for the 49ers. But here's John Lynch, the general manager of the 49ers, yesterday saying, I don't think we're going to just cut him. I don't foresee that. He's too good a player, you know, so um, I don't foresee that. And, um, you know, I think Jimmy will be playing for us, so he'll be playing for someone else. He's too good a player not to be. <laughs> well, thanks for clearing that right. up. He's going to play for us or for somebody else. Well, there's just not that many <laughs> options left. No. Of teams that would yeah. trade for him. No, you're absolutely right. And then, then you look at the whole Baker Mayfield deal. Where's he yeah, going to play right. football? Where's he playing football next year? So if, Either if, for the Browns or for somebody else, I think. Yeah. Well, that, well, I don't. <laughs> that's a little less uh, certain. Yeah. <laughs> but but if you are if you are, like, who's left? The Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers, think, the Atlanta Falcons. Because the, the Carolina Panthers at least tried to sell everybody like they were happy with Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. As their starter, yeah. Does anybody check bookies dot com today? No, we. Oh, right, right. <laughs> and who did that? Who did the the Falcons just? Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota. Yeah. The Seahawks so, are obviously out there as well because really Drew Locke. Drew Locke. But like, so in theory, those three teams have a starter. It's not like they're. You know, the the Texans really have the worst quarterback situation, and they're I guess happy with Davis Mills. But I mean. The Texans are also being realistic about the situation. They're not going to compete anyway. Mm-hmm. They're in the midst of a massive rebuild. They just changed their coaching staff again after a one-year hire and fire. And Davis Mills wasn't that bad individually. So th- that might be the better way for them to approach it until they're ready to compete at other areas. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, now, on the Trey Lance front on, on San Francisco, mm-hmm. um, here's Kyle Shanahan saying, yeah, we believe he. if it comes to it, he can be the guy. That's why we looked into trading Jimmy. Because we obviously believe that Trey can be a starter, and we're ready to do that. But if uh, we can't up upgrade our team in another way, we're not just going to get rid of a good quarterback because we have other quarterbacks on the roster. I mean, quarterbacks are really hard to come by. Some teams don't have any at all. And the fact that we have three that we're happy with, um, that is a good thing. Uh, you always want to upgrade your team. And usually only one guy can play. And we know we have some guy, all guys that are capable of starting, which Jimmy's done a great job for us. We brought Trey here to be that eventually. Um, and I think that'll be sooner than later. But um, when Jimmy gets his surgery and um, we can't upgrade our team by getting some good picks until surgery, until people feel good about that, I'm all right with that. I mean, we're not just getting rid of him to get rid of him. I mean, Jimmy's a good player that we all really like as a person and as a teammate, and we're going to wait to see whatever helps the Niners the most. I had to look up to see who that third quarterback that they like was. I forgot about Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, Nate yeah, yeah. Sudfeld. Right, right. That's and, one of those names I made up, I think. And, but, and again, and that's the kind of football talk that I just I, I get so sick of. When you're trying to tell me that Nate Sudfeld is part of this tent full of quarterbacks that you love. No, he's not. He's an emergency quarterback you have experience with. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but that's kind of the the language. I guess. The vernacular just, in the NFL. We love this guy. The lying, Vinny. Let, the lying. Can't we all just tell the truth? No, <laughs> we can't. Uh, here's a question for you. 
considering what we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo in his career, especially in San Francisco Mm -hmm. and his perilous future there, is he one of history, recent history's most disrespected quarterbacks? Because it always comes down to what? Well, does he win games? Uh Jimmy Garoppolo wins football games. Uh And by the way, he's about as tough as a $2 steak. He comes back from injury after injury after injury. He played with a broken hand in the playoffs, for goodness sakes. And and yet nobody wants to keep the guy. I don't know if you noticed. And he looks great on the cover alarm, of a... Alarmingly handsome. He looks great on the cover oh, of a media guy. Goodness gracious me. And man, can that guy sell a sandwich. Talk about a $2 piece of meat. <laughs> My grandma doesn't cook. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't know anything about his own grandmother, but right. he could sell a sandwich. The, he's 33 and 14 career as a starter. He's yeah. been to a Super Bowl. He got close to another one this past year. The, yeah, the the 49ers were a team that that uh, shined in the playoffs, right? Yes. He doesn't have the stats, I guess, and the perceptionism that he can't make. So, it's because he hasn't won a Super Bowl. And the perception is that the reason that he hasn't won a Super Bowl is because of him. Mhm. You because of I mean? one throw against Kansas but, but, City, but but that's the perception. That didn't get made. Because otherwise, his statistics are not great, but they're no worse than like a Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, that's a legend. Here, let me put and it his to teams win around me, him. Let me put it to you this way, oh. Jarrett. Uh, oh. 2021, Jimmy Garoppolo, 3,810 yards passing, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, nine wins. Yeah. Kyler Murray, 3,787 yards, 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 9 wins. See, yeah, I, look, it, it's. I think you're making a real good point here because... Um, the Cardinals should get Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I'm thinking, never well, I mean, listen, you, the, the 49ers were very close to beating the Rams last year. Yes. In, in the playoffs, Very, they had control of that game. And it got away from him because Aaron Donald made a play, forced a uh, a fling from Jimmy Garoppolo that caromed off a receiver's hands, game-ending interception. Aaron Donald did the same thing in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Exact same thing. It seems like he's a fit in Seattle, but would they trade him within the division? Never. Never, I don't right? think so, especially to that team. Never. And yeah. like... You can't have Jimmy Garoppolo beating Trey Lance head-to-head twice exactly, a year. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And Carolina, I mean, they still have Christian McCaffrey. For to, now. For now. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know if he fits there. It's it's a very weird situation. Like it's gonna, It might come down to, like, what are the remaining teams, who do they prefer? Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo, and then what's the price tag for each? Or is yeah. Jimmy Gar- if Jimmy Garoppolo does move on and he has this surgery, is he a guy that just kind of floats out there on his own until there's a key injury somewhere in the NFL. He hooks on with that team. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it is, it, yeah, in terms of deserves, Jimmy Garoppolo might deserve more than, than he's gotten. I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Did, but, you hear, did you see the thing that the Panthers were talking to Cam Newton again? Cam Newton? Newton? <laughs> I'm back! <laughs> Can we just talk about that, by the way? <laughs> that what? was about as angry as I got watching Cardinals football from an opposition standpoint all right. year. was that stupid Cam Newton story. He comes back the week of the Cardinals game, gets in there, scores touchdowns on his first two plays, and you're like, oh man, Cam Newton might be back. He was not even playable the rest of the time in Carolina. Yeah. They didn't win a game after that, but he made the Cardinals look stupid. Wow. 
Ugh. That's a running theme over the last two years. Yes, uh, it is. <laughs> Just tip your cap to him, Vinny. Just no, I don't wear your, a cap, and I'm not tipping nothing. Your right. very large feathered hat with a <laughs> scarf. G- g- give, just give credit to the other coaching staff. They did a great job. <sighs> credit to them. Give a credit hey. to them, Vinny. Matt they did Rule, a great job. Matt Rule had a great plan that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Coming up at uh, at yeah as we hit nine o'clock, we'll uh, go through social studies with Sarah Cazell. That's straight ahead. Bickley and Murata mornings, ninety-eight seven FM, Arizona Sports Station.